Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m. services, or connect with us on Facebook. What a, what a privilege and a joy it is to be with you in the house of God at Faith Assembly. This is actually my third visit to Faith Assembly. Uh, we came back in 2012, was our first visit, 2012. We decided to have revival meetings on a Super Bowl Sunday night. I don't know if you were here on that Super Bowl Sunday night, but we had a fantastic week of meetings that week. And Pastor Jason's become a friend uh, to my life, to our family. I want to say thank you to Faith Assembly for uh, your giving to missions and your giving uh, as well as last year into the projects in Nome, Alaska, and sending a team to be a part there. I'll tell you one thing I've learned from a team that came from Faith Assembly. The team that you sent us, they know how to serve. They know how to serve. And not just serve, but they serve the community as well as, you know, after a long day of putting in hours. Because of that team that came from Faith Assembly, we actually have a place to live in Nome, Alaska today. Thank, thank you, Lord. Uh, time, time is not uh, enough today to share of the work that God has done on the properties in Nome, Alaska, but uh, because of the team that was sent, we actually have a place to live, a place to call home right now, and God is moving. Lives are being changed and transformed. We've actually taken on a, a young man named Dustin Miller from Pennsylvania who came on a missions team that same summer, Pastor Jason, Bill, Sharon. Uh, they met Dustin, and uh, Dustin was a man who came to us that summer addicted to opiates, checked himself out a teen challenge in New York and Syracuse. His father was also helping us on our work projects that year. And uh, his father called me two weeks before the projects began, and he said, I don't know what to do. My son Dustin checked himself out a teen challenge. He's on the streets of Syracuse. He has nothing. He has no money. He has no purpose, no direction. I just don't know what to do. And I said, if I was a father, I'd go pick him up, and I'd bring him to Nome, Alaska. I said, it's better to have him work on a church than run the streets of Syracuse. Can you say amen? amen? So he came in that first Sunday under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He came to the altar, surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. The following Sunday, we baptized him in water right there in Nome, Alaska. Amen. Amen. He spent about three months with us, almost got attacked by a grizzly bear. True story. Uh, and then decided that he was going to come back home to Pennsylvania, and he came back home to Pennsylvania, got back into opiates again, crashed a car, almost died, and he called me up. He said, Pastor, I said, he said, I just, uh, I saw myself growing in Nome. Can I come back? And I said, sure, come on back, Dustin. And today he's studying Berean, Berean courses in the Bible. He started with the book of Acts. He's helping with our youth nights on Saturday night, and he drives the church van, and God's using this young man in a great way. You know, oftentimes you, you, yeah, go ahead for Jesus. Oftentimes you hear of stories from the mission field of, you know, the indigenous people or the local people. It's not every day as a missionary you hear a story, uh, or as a church member for that matter, you hear a story of somebody that came on a missions team that has an encounter with Jesus and now serves with the missionary. Praise God. Matthew chapter 14, if you have your Bibles this morning, once again, thank you to Faith Assembly. Thank you to Pastor Jason. He's, he's a true friend, I'll tell you. He's a friend of my life, and uh, so much appreciate your pastor. Matthew chapter 14, look at your neighbor, say, buckle up. 
I'm going to ask you to take your arm floaties off. I'm going to ask you to take, uh, you know, your life vest off because we're going into the deep end of the pool today. And we are going to go into some deep things in the Word that I believe is going to be a blessing to your life, not just today, but in the future. One of the things that I've noticed in ministry over the last, well, it's been about 13, almost 14 years of full-time ministry, from evangelism to being a missionary, a pastor, a missionary pastor, one of the things that begins to stir in my heart more and more is I see Christians come into the sanctuary on a Sunday morning. They may have an encounter with God. They may enter into that place of his spirit. But I watch as many, many Christians leave the house of God. And they go from Monday through Saturday. And it's like they live this life of one foot in the spirit and another foot into the flesh, and it's this constant back and forth. And how many know that there is a struggle, that there is a war with the flesh and of the spirit? But uh, there's something that I feel the tug of the Holy Spirit in my heart today. There's a tug from the Spirit of God, and it's like God's just longing for his people to remain into that place where his spirit is, to be a people that walk in the spirit. Can you say amen? I want to show you some things in God's Word today. Matthew chapter 14, as we start in verse 22, the Bible says that immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. When he sent the multitudes away, he went up and sent the multitudes away. He went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening had come, he was alone there, verse 24, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, and the wind was contrary. Now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out with fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said to him, Come. Everybody say, Come. When Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand, and he caught him, and he said to him, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt me? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I want to speak to you this morning. If you're taking notes this morning, I'd encourage you every time you come into the house of God to take notes. Let the Word of God get implanted into your spirit because that's where you'll find change. That's where you'll find transformation. So as you're taking notes this morning, I've titled this message, Steps to Walking in the Miraculous. I want you to understand this morning that God desires and He has designed His people to walk in the realm of the supernatural and to walk in the realm of the miraculous. You and I are not called to live an ordinary life. As believers in Jesus Christ, we are called to walk in the spirit. We are called to walk in that place of the supernatural, of the miraculous realm, a a totally different realm of the flesh. Can you say amen? Listen, God has designed us and he is desiring for us 
to walk with him on the waters in the place of miracles and in the place of the supernatural. I'm telling you, I could spend all day, hours upon hours, of just sharing of the miraculous hand of God that I have seen in the last 14 years of preaching the gospel of of Jesus Christ, of seeing the miraculous hand of God move. He is a God of miracles. This will go a whole lot better today if you say amen. couple of things we want to take note at as it comes to walking into the miraculous. Number one, we're going to look at the steps that it takes for us to walk into that place of the supernatural. But number one, you need to take note that not everyone walks in the miraculous. Not everyone who claims to be a disciple or a Christian will actually walk into that place of the supernatural plan of God, that miraculous place that God desires us to be. How many understand that the disciples were in the boat, but only Peter walked on the water? Not everybody steps into that place that God desires for them to be. Look at your number, say, look at your neighbor, say, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Say, here we go. Number two, God longs to bring you into a supernatural walk. Peter saw his situation in the boat, and he saw Jesus in a realm of the miraculous. How many know Jesus walking on the water was miraculous? He saw himself in a difficult situation, in a difficult, fearful circumstance, and he saw Jesus in the place of miracles, and he said, it's far better where he is than where I'm at. And he said, Lord, I want to be where you are. And what does Jesus say? He says, come. He says, come. So you have to take note that God longs and desires for us to be where he is, and where he is is the realm of the miraculous. Number three, walking in miracles is all for the glory of God. Verse 33, then those who were in the boat came and they worshiped him, saying, truly you are the son of God. Can I tell you to walk in that place where you see the supernatural hand of God moving for you is not to elevate you. It's to elevate the name of Jesus Christ. Moving in that place where the Bible says in Mark 16, and and here you go, Mark 16, Jesus said, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Why is it that, and let me ask you, when's the last time you laid hands on the sick and you've seen them recover? I'm going to tell you why. It's because too many Christians come to church on Sunday and they step into the spirit, but they walk out the back doors and they enter back into the realm of the flesh. If you're going to be somebody that aligns yourself with the things that Jesus said you will do, you have to be a person that is committed to stepping out of the boat of the flesh and getting into the realm of the spirit. Oh, come on, somebody. This is going to help you. It's going to help you that when you stand before Jesus one day in eternity, because we will all stand before him and see him face to face, that when you stand before him, you'll say, God, look at the fruit that I've brought you. Because Jesus is always looking for harvest. Jesus is always looking for fruit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Austin. That's wonderful preaching. So our sole purpose in walking in the miraculous and walking in the supernatural is to bring glory, honor, and power to Jesus' name. So the steps to walking into the miraculous, if you're taking notes, the first step you and I must take to walk in that realm of miracles, to walk in that realm of the supernatural. And how many know Peter went there? The first step is that we must see 
that Jesus moves in the realm of miracles. We must see that Jesus operates and the Holy Spirit operates in a realm that's different than the realm that you and I live in. Verse 23, that Jesus went up onto the mountain to pray by himself. It was after that place of prayer that the Holy Spirit took him into a different realm. Do you see that Jesus put himself into the place of the Spirit, into the place of prayer on the mountain? He sends his disciples forward on the boat. and They say, hey, go cross over to the other side. He withdraws from the multitudes. He goes into the place of the prayer, his prayer closet. He finds himself in the realm of the Spirit, and the Spirit leads him into a whole different realm into the realm of miracles, and he comes walking on the sea. And the Bible says in verse 26 that the disciples saw him walking on the sea. The disciples recognized that Jesus is operating in a different realm than where we are at. They were in a boat. They were in a place of a storm. They were in a place of, of circumstance and a condition that was well, quite contrary against them, the Bible says. The winds were boisterous. It was a, a difficult situation. But they saw Jesus in a completely different realm from where they were. Can I tell you that when we see Jesus in a realm of the supernatural, it will stir in our hearts for us to go to where he is. It was only when Peter saw him in a different realm, it was only when Peter saw him operating in a different dimension from where they were, that's when Peter's heart was stirred. I want to be where Jesus is. Can I tell you, you will never walk in the realm of the supernatural if you cannot see that Jesus is a God of the supernatural. And when you recognize that Jesus is somebody who moves miraculously, that the power of the Holy Spirit operates in a different realm, and a different level, something should stir in you. Something stirs in me that says, that's where I want to be. Amen? If you're going to be a person that walks in the miraculous, you must understand that Jesus moves and operates according to the will of the Spirit, according to the will of the Father, and the will of the Father, the will of the Spirit, Jesus, the triune God, come on, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, they operate in a different realm than what our flesh wants to operate under. The disciples saw him on the water. Once Peter saw, he saw Jesus in that realm, his heart was stirred. He said, that's where I want to be. I don't want to be here any longer. I want to be in that place where Jesus is. I want to be in that realm of the supernatural. And he asked the Lord, Lord, can I come? Can I come on out there with you? And Jesus says, come. Look at your neighbor say, come. Can I tell you this morning, church, that asking God to walk in the realm of miracles is encouraged in the Bible. Asking God to walk in the realm of the supernatural is encouraged in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, the Bible says to earnestly desire the best of the gifts. How many understand that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are a supernatural, it's a supernatural realm that you and I can access into the gifts of the Holy Spirit, having knowledge of things that you would have no previous knowledge of. Come on. Are you with me this morning? Amen. 
Walking in discerning of spirits and recognizing, oh, that's a devil right there. Come on, somebody. You can operate in the realm of the spirit. And concerning the gifts of the spirit, the apostle Paul writes, he says, earnestly desire the best of the gifts. So it is encouraged in the Bible for us to be a people to desire to walk in that place of the supernatural and the miraculous. Because why? Because we are at a spiritual war. We are in a spiritual battle. And it takes the power of the spirit to break spiritual forces. You cannot break spiritual power by carnal means. It takes spiritual power to break spiritual power. In fact, tonight, join us at 5 o'clock. It's not going to just be another service that we're replicating this morning. We're praying for all the sick tonight. We're casting out devils. We're going to do what Jesus told us to do tonight at 5 p.m. So if you're sick in your body, don't miss tonight. Can you say praise God? Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Concerning those overseers of the body of Christ and the bishops, the overseers, the episcopae in the Greek, those are men and women that operate in an overseeing level in the church. Can I tell you that episcopae, the bishops, the overseers, they're people of faith, people filled with the Holy Ghost, people that know how to move in the miraculous. That's why James 5 says to call the elders of the church. Let them pray the prayer of faith. The Lord will save the sick and raise them up because the overseers, the elders, the episcopate, they're people of power, faith, moving in the supernatural, walking in the spirit. And you know what the apostle Paul says concerning them? 1 Timothy 3.1, he says, if anyone desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. So the Bible encourages us to be somebody who longs to be in the place of the Spirit, moved by the Spirit, walking with the Spirit hand in hand. Come on, moving in the miraculous. Amen. But you'll never, ever get out of the boat and step onto the sea if you cannot see Jesus as one who moves in miracles. If you see Jesus as the one of, of, of miracles of old, then you'll just keep him in the miracles of old. But if you'll see him as the same God yesterday, today, and forever, and today he's ready to move in miracles, then you're going to say, I want to partner with him. The second step to walking in the miraculous is that we must choose to step from one realm to the other. Peter had to make a choice. He said, yeah, Lord, can I be where you are? Can I come on out to the sea? Can I walk on the water with you? Jesus, I want to be where you are. Jesus said, come. How many know Peter had to step out of one realm and into the next? As long as Peter was in the boat, he was leaning on and trusting on natural means. He was, he was in the realm of what I would call the natural because the boat was holding him up on the water. The boat kept him afloat. But the moment he stepped out of the boat to where Jesus was, suddenly he was walking on top of the water in the realm of the supernatural, in the realm of the miraculous, upheld by the power of the Holy Spirit. How many can say that Peter went from one realm into, the, into another realm? And for you to step in, for me to step into the realm of the miraculous and to be a person that Galatians 5 tells us, to walk in the Spirit. If we're going to be a people that walk in the Spirit, we have to make a decision. We have to make a choice that we are going to step out of the realm of the natural and step into the realm of the spiritual. You know, the Bible actually shows us clearly that people walk in three specific realms. 
The Bible teaches us, and if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and chapter 3. And we're just going to look at a few verses here for the sake of time. I'm not going to read them all. But you have to understand that people walk, and, and it doesn't matter who's in the sound of my voice right now. You are walking in one of these three realms. And the Bible shows us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it's, it's, a, it's actually a very, very powerful, powerful chapter. And the Bible shows us the first realm, number one, is in verse 13. It says that the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. Actually, it's verse 14. But the natural man, somebody say the natural man. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man is somebody that is void of the things of God. They are dead to the things of God. They cannot know or understand, the Bible says, or discern the things of the Spirit. They are foolishness to him. The natural man is somebody who has yet to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. Jesus spoke to Nicodemus. He said, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, how do I go back into my mother's womb? And he just didn't understand it. And Jesus said, no, you must be born of the Spirit. You must be born of water. The natural man is a life that is dead to the things of God. Ephesians tells us that we were dead in our trespasses and our sins. But thanks be to God through Jesus Christ that when you turn your heart to him in repentance and you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth, the Bible says we are raised to newness of life and we are saved. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you've never made a decision to turn your back on sin and turn your heart to God in repentance and confess him as Lord of your life, you'll have an opportunity today. It's the most important decision any life will make. You say, well, will you make me come down to the front? Yes, I will. The Bible says in Hebrews, to make your confession in the presence of many witnesses. Jesus himself said, if you can't confess me before men, I won't confess you before my Father in heaven. Let me tell you, making a confession before men isn't putting a Facebook post on, I've made my confession before men, I'm testifying of Jesus publicly, I'm good. Well, praise God, Everybody say the natural man. It's a life that's completely given over to sin and flesh. The third realm that human beings walk in is the carnal man. The carnal man is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as babes in Christ. Then it goes on to say in verse 3, you are still carnal. Now, Paul is writing to the church. So if you think that, well, you know, this pastor, how dare he, you know, talk about the flesh that's in my life. Let me tell you, if the apostle Paul was here, it'd probably be a little bit heavier. And he said, for you're still carnal. For where there's envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? And the carnal Christian, the carnal individual is that person 
that has said yes to Jesus Christ. They've got the revelation in their heart that Jesus died on the cross, rose from the grave. They've received him as Lord of their life. The carnal Christian is somebody that has said yes to Jesus. Boom, the lights come on. There's a, there's a light of the world comes to live inside of them. And they're awakened into the things of God. They were once dead to the things of God. They were once a natural man, but now they're born again. They're saved. But the carnal Christian... Although they're saved, although the lights have come on, they live much like the natural man. Look at your neighbor and say, this is Bible. <laughs> though the lights have come on, they're not being conformed into the image of Christ. It's that Christian that's fulfilling the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the body, fulfilling the desires of the soulish part, the emotions of our life, our will, our plan, our purpose, what we want. Come on, somebody. When we are called into relationship with Jesus, we deny ourselves, take up our cross, and we follow him. And the third realm that people operate in is spiritual people. Apostle Paul says, I can't talk to you as spiritual people because you're still carnal. Somebody say the natural. Say the carnal. And the spiritual. What I think is hilarious, I've been in the ministry long enough. I've talked to many people in churches. And what I think is funny is there's certain Christians everywhere I go that they may be in the church for 30 years and they're more spiritual than the pastor. They're more spiritual than the leadership of the church. But yet behind their backs, they're gossiping. They're causing strife. Though I've had a greater revelation than the pastor. And they're far more spiritual than the pastor. But there's division. There's strife. There's gossip. Come on, somebody. They're, they're, they're no more spiritual than my dog. Hallelujah. As long as you're still gossiping, bringing strife, envy, and division, this is what the Apostle Paul said, you're carnal. You're not operating in the spiritual realm. People that operate in the gift of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, those are people that walk in the Spirit. I don't care what dream you had, what revelation you had, what vision you had. If you don't have love, you have nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody today? Thirdly, before we get into step three, so biblically I want you to see there's a clear separation in Peter. For Peter to walk in the realm of the miraculous, there was a clear separation from the natural realm into the spiritual realm. Now, if you're sitting there and think, well, you know, Pastor Austin, he must have it all together. He, you know, he, he understands these things. Listen, it's a tug of war every day. The Bible says that the spirit is contrary to the flesh, and the flesh is contrary to the spirit. The Apostle Paul himself said, the things I want to do, sometimes I don't do. And it's this, this struggle of the flesh and of the spirit. But if you're somebody that's committed to Jesus and growing into the image and likeness of him, you'll become a spiritual person. Look at your neighbor and say, it's possible. 
The flesh lusts against the spirit, Galatians 5.17. The spirit against the flesh, they're contrary to one another. Christ is calling us out of the boat of carnal, fleshly living and into the realm of the supernatural and the miraculous and onto the waters with him. One thing you must understand when the Bible says that the spirit is contrary to the flesh. Now look at your neighbor and say, here it comes. When the spirit is contrary to the flesh, that tells me that the Holy Spirit will never cooperate with my flesh. He will never come into agreement with my flesh. You have to get this, church. Too many times we try to take Jesus and put him into our own fleshly box of what, our, what we want, what we think he should be. People that think they can run around in, in relationships and things that are ungodly and partake in things that are sinful, but Jesus still loves me. His grace is more than enough. You're carnal. you got to enter into the realm of the spiritual realm, the supernatural, and it comes down to this. The Spirit will never cooperate with my flesh. Never. It's impossible. It's impossible for the Holy Spirit to cooperate with my lust of the flesh. It will never happen. That's why the Bible says in James to receive the implanted word of God, which is able to save your souls. And then it goes on to say not deceiving yourselves with meekness in receiving the implanted word of God. We'll look into that. That's the next step. What was in the boat with Peter? Somebody say disciples. I don't care if you've got Christian friends for the last 30 years. If they gossip, if they cause strife, if they cause division, and they've been in a church, and they've been in this church for many, many years, or, and listen, I'm not discerning these things. I'm just, I'm just telling you. If you've got people in your life if you've got friends in your life that operate in carnal living, let me tell you something. The Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. As long as you keep hanging out with buzzards, you'll keep looking like a buzzard. Hallelujah. Peter had to break free from his friends. Sometimes people won't even come to Jesus because they know that it'll cause them to break free from their friends. I recently led a man to Christ in the prison up in Nome just this last month. I've been ministering to this man for two years. In fact, he's been on what we call a Lost Lamb Covenant Partnership where we write down seven names and we pray over those seven people to get saved in our, in our sphere of influence. He was on my Lost Lamb Covenant for two years I prayed for this man. And I would talk to him every so often and the conviction would come upon him and he'd say this to me. He'd say, well, Pastor, I, I know what this will cost me. It'll cost me my friends. It'll cost me these relationships. I mean, that was when he was on the outside of the prison system. Are you going where I'm headed right now? And then sooner or later, he starts bringing, this isn't live streamed, right? Okay, he's bringing drugs into Nome. He's bringing heroin into Nome. He gets busted. I go to the prison. First time I visit him in the prison, I said, dude, you ready? He says, well, I'm afraid, you know, it'll cost me everything. I said, take a look around, dummy. You've already lost everything. And then the lights came on. Let me tell you, for you to operate and step into the realm of the Spirit, you, some of you may have to break free from some people. The disciples are in the boat. Peter said, you know what? 
I'm going to be where Jesus is at. doesn't matter their opinion. doesn't matter what they think of me. doesn't matter, uh, you know, as much as I love them, I'm going to be where Jesus is at. Everybody say that. Say, I'm going to be where Jesus is. Another thing that was in the boat was comfort, safety, security, ration, logic, reason. Comfort and safety. I think... I could ask the question today and say, you know, how many people want miracles? And I'm sure probably like every hand would go up. Can I tell you, for you to see miracles, sometimes you have to put yourself in a place where you need a miracle. (laughs) When God called us to Nome, Pastor Jason would testify. I looked at the property and I said, my God, I could spend a million dollars today. I'm not Bob the Builder. I'm not Handy Mandy. I'm a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, this is far bigger than me. And God said, go. And I had to get out of the boat of my comfort, out of the boat of my security, out of the boat of my logic, ration, and reason, and step into the realm of the spiritual, being led by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, and being obedient to the Spirit. And as we went by the Spirit, God has raised up men and women of God, contractors, people that aren't even saved writing $10,000 checks into the project. Are you with me, somebody? And we have put over $350,000 worth of material into the church. That's not even labor and the hours of labor that we might maybe probably should have paid for. It's all paid for, debt-free, to the glory of God. And if you need miracles, if you want to see miracles, sometimes you've got to put yourself in a place where miracles have to happen. Come on, hallelujah. Sometimes there's so much that goes on up here, I want to say. Even when it comes to the condition of your body and believing God for divine health, if you find more comfort, safety, and security in the prescription drugs and the doctor that you're hooked on, come on, somebody, versus the comfort and the safety and security on the precious promises of God, then you'll always stay in that boat and you'll never receive the miracles. Hallelujah. Well, this is good preaching, Pastor. How can he talk to me this way? I'm leaving. I'm leaving tomorrow. I say these things, I'll be honest, because it's in the depths of my spirit. It's like, it's like I feel the yearning of God, and he's like, I want my people to walk in the supernatural. I want my people to walk in the spirit. It's almost like I just, I'm telling you, I feel this overwhelming in my spirit of God just saying, I long for my people to be where I am. It's like he's frustrated and tired of this Sunday morning flesh, Sunday morning spirit flesh, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, wherever it is. Just this in and out, in and out, in and out. If you get out, get back in right away. Hallelujah. The third step, we're going to move quickly here. The third step to walking in the supernatural and the miraculous is you must move according to the word of God. You must move according to the word of God. Peter said, Lord... If it's you, beckon me to come. Command me to come. I want to be where you are, Lord. What does Jesus say? He says one word. He says come. Somebody say that was a spoken word. Come on, it was the word of God. Jesus said come. Peter stepped out into the realm of the miraculous according to the spoken living word of God. For people to be a people of the spirit, it is impossible to be a person of the spirit and not be a person of the word of God. 
In fact, you cannot separate the Holy Spirit from the Word of God. This Word is Spirit. This Word is life. Listen to what Jesus said exactly. He said this in John 6, 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Jesus said, the words that I speak are Spirit and life. If you're going to walk in the spirit and walk in the place of the supernatural, the miraculous, to step into a realm where Jesus is, you have to be a person of the word of God. I did a very quick study this morning as I was curious. And I know that the the statistics are staggering when it comes to how many Christians actually read the Bible daily. The Barna Group came out with a recent study that today in America, more Christians... Watch or read Fifty Shades of Grey and the Game of Thrones more than they do the Bible. More people professing, listen to what I'm telling you. More people who profess to be Christians in America either watch or read Fifty Shades of Grey or Game of Thrones more than they pick up the Bible. Somebody say, Lord Jesus, help us. And we wonder why Christians can't walk in the Spirit. Let me tell you something. Crucifying your flesh. It's called crucifying. Yeah, it hurts. Prayer and fasting hurts. It's normal to get hunger pains when you're fasting. It's normal. It hurts. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I told you we're going in the deep end today. Well, if y'all don't love me, I know Pastor Jason does. Praise God. (laughs) Another thing that the Barna Group came out with was this. It's been revealed today that in America, over 50% of graduating high school students, over over half of all graduating high school students in America believe that Sodom and Gomorrah was a married couple. You laugh. That's not funny. That's where we're at today in our nation. This is where we're at today in our churches. And I feel the heartbeat of the Father, and he's saying, I'm calling them out under the waters with me, and I just want them to come. I want them to leave the boat of security, comfort, ration, logic, reason, flesh, fear. Leave it all behind. Leave the sickness behind. Leave it all behind. Come into the place of the miraculous with me. That's what God is saying to his church today. Come to where I am. Lastly, If you're going to walk in the miraculous, you have to continue stepping by faith. The just shall live by faith, Galatians 3.11. 2 Corinthians 5.7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We know the story. Peter got his eyes off of Jesus. He looked upon the wind and the waves, and immediately he began to sink. He said, Lord, save me. Put his eyes back on Jesus. Jesus saved him. As long as his eyes were on Jesus, Jesus rescued him. I believe that it is possible. I believe it's difficult. I know it's difficult, but I do believe it's possible for Christians to never sink in the waters. The waters of the natural realm. If Jesus said to the woman, 
Go and sin no more. If Jesus said those words under the old covenant, under the old law, before he died on the cross, rose from the grave, and gave us the power of the Holy Spirit, how many know we have a greater covenant, a better covenant, a new covenant with better promises? We have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that can keep us walking on the water of the supernatural and the spiritual realm. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to walk in the Spirit. If Jesus said that to an individual under the old covenant, go and sin no more. Somebody say no more. I believe that it is possible to walk on the water in the spiritual realm and never sink. As long as you'll keep your eyes on Jesus by faith. As long as you'll move by faith and not by sight. How do we overcome the world? First John, we overcome the world by our what? Our faith. We overcome sin and temptation by faith. We overcome the flesh by faith. We overcome the devil by faith. Come on. Tonight we're talking about we quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one with what? With the shield of faith. It's by faith we overcome. It's by faith we have the victory. It's by faith we stay in the realm of being a spiritual person. Once again, it's impossible to be a spiritual person and not be a person of the word. Let me tell you, your flesh will never want to read the Word of God. But as you do, guess what comes? Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. As long as you keep hearing that Word, come. Come. You'll say, oh, I'm coming up higher, Jesus. I'm going to a new dimension, Jesus. I'm going to a new level because I'm in your Word and I'm hearing the Word spoken by you and I'm receiving it by faith. And that faith builds me up to step into a new dimension and a new realm. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand up on our feet this morning, if you would, please. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, lift up holy hands to Jesus. Once again, if you're going to walk in the realm of the miraculous, you have to see where Jesus is. As the worship team just plays softly right now, you have to see where Jesus is. Jesus operates in a different realm than you and I. I don't know. Let me tell you something. Spiritual people, everybody look at me for just one more moment. There I go on the communion. This is the only church I ever stand on the communion table. You have to see that Jesus operates in a whole different realm. The spirit is contrary to the flesh. He will never cooperate with the flesh, friend. Never. Never. You have to see where he is today. And where he is is in a different realm than where our flesh operates. And he's saying, come, come up higher. Come to where I am. Can we just take a moment, just lift up holy hands to him and say, Jesus, I'm coming up higher. I'm coming closer to you. I want to be a person of the spiritual realm. I want to be a spiritual person. I don't want to be a carnal man. I don't want to be a carnal Christian. I don't, I don't want to be that individual God that knows the spirit and knows the flesh. I want to know the spirit, Lord. I want to walk in the Spirit, be a person of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. If you're here today, as the worship team plays softly, if you're here today, just as I said that we would do, very clearly, you're a natural person. You say, what's a natural person? You say, Pastor, I, I don't know who's here. You say, I, maybe this is your first time. But if you're here and you say, Pastor... 
when you spoke of an individual being dead to the things of God, I recognize that the sin in my life has separated me from God. I recognize today that I must repent of sin. The Bible says that it's with the heart we believe unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you say, I've never put my faith in Jesus. I've never come to that place of surrendering my life to him. But today I'm ready. Today I don't want to be void of the things of God. I want the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of me. I want him to awaken me to the things of him. I want him to put a light on the inside. I want to come to Jesus today.